Welcome. You're listening to a worship podcast from St. Matthew's Episcopal Church. St. Matt's is a neighborhood church with a worldwide community located near the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota. We're a community of people invited by Christ to meet him at his table, in each other, and in our neighbors. As apprentices, we practice following the way of Jesus as expressed in the Anglican tradition, in the power of the Spirit, so we can participate in God's healing of ourselves and the world. My name is Blair Pogue, and I'm the rector or lead pastor of St. Matthew's. Sunday, November 7, the people of St. Matthew's are observing the Feast of All Saints. Let's begin with a prayer. Almighty God, your saints are one with you in the mystical body of Christ. Give us grace to follow them in all virtue and holiness until we come to those inexpressible joys which you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John, chapter 11, verses 32 through 34. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha The sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. The Gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. A woman died and found herself before the pearly gates with Peter standing in front of them. And Peter welcomed her. She expressed her joy at being before those gates. And Peter said to her, in order to enter heaven, you just need to spell one word correctly. She said, okay. And Peter said that word is hat. She smiled and spelled the word H-A-T. Peter said, congratulations. And, and by the way, I have to run an errand. Would you mind standing here for a moment and just doing exactly what I did to you to the next person who arrives? She said, sure. So as she was standing there, her ex-husband appeared in front of her. And he said, hello, I'm really surprised to be here. She said, I'm surprised too. And she then told him what St. Peter had told her. You just need to spell one word correctly in order to make it into heaven. And he said, okay. And she said, that word is Czechoslovakia. Many of us are desperately in need of some humor and fun. The All Saints service we're going to have on November 7 will have a jazz Eucharist and fun music and dancing. But before we go to that fun, I need to speak about two subjects as taboo at dinner parties as religion and politics, suffering and death. While suffering and death are part of the human condition, the level of suffering and the way the media bombarded us with it 24-7 these last two years has felt overwhelming. An unending stream of stories about COVID-19, natural disasters, and violence has magnified the exhaustion we feel from making constant pivots at home and work. All the changes and challenges we experienced came in addition to what sociologists call the age of acceleration. Right now, the rate of change is faster than our brains can process it. With COVID and the increase in violence in the Twin Cities, many of us have thought about our mortality more than ever before. There's been an overabundance of fear and anxiety, sometimes out of proportion to the situation at hand. I think it's a symptom of how out of control so many people feel right now. As followers of Jesus and his way, we need to take a deeper look at that fear and anxiety and what's behind it. Living from a place of fear and anxiety profoundly impacts our relationship with God and other people. It prevents us from living for God and others. 
I think many people today, including many mainline Christians, are fearful of death because we live in a culture in the modern West in which it's hard to imagine God or any sort of life after death. That's why so many people consider death to be, in the words of the wisdom of Solomon, a disaster. Now, don't get me wrong. The decline and death of a loved one or friend is extremely painful. If we've truly loved someone and they've loved us, death brings a huge void. We have to learn to live with loss and grief. Even Jesus, the human face of God, wept at his friend Lazarus's grave. In the Greek version of today's gospel, Jesus's tears are tears of anger. His nostrils are flaring. He's enraged by the reality of his friend's death. It's not unfaithful or shameful to mourn the death of someone we love, just like Jesus. If we desire to follow Jesus, what might our life and death look like? As we contemplate All Saints Day and all the followers of Jesus who have gone before us, as well as those sitting next to us, what does a faithful Christian life and a faithful Christian death look like? I believe that a faithful Christian life is a life lived in loving response to God's faithfulness. Everything we are and have is a gift from God. God is always there reaching out to us, loving us, wooing us, inviting us to live fully as God intended. God never abandons us, even when we are extremely annoying and unfaithful. We may abandon God. We may intentionally distance ourselves from God for a while or a lifetime. But God never abandons us. What does faithfulness look like in everyday life? Let me ask you a few questions. What does it mean to be faithful to God when you are asked to do something dishonest at work? What does it mean to be a faithful spouse when you and your partner are going through a difficult time and someone attractive keeps telling you how wonderful you are? What does a faithful parent do when his child cries out at 2 a.m.? When her child suffers from mental illness or addiction? What does a follower of Jesus do when others are canceling or harassing another person online? 
What does it mean to be faithful to our families, neighbors, and communities, especially when things get difficult? In every area of our lives, paid or volunteer work, friendship, family relationships, marriage, and parenthood, we have opportunities to respond to God's faithfulness to us. Faithfulness to others and to the communities we live and worship in is a way of saying thank you to God. Last week, Dwight and I started watching a new Netflix show called Midnight Mass. The first couple of episodes got us excited. The show was theological. It focuses on believable, everyday people. It provides a positive portrait of a church and its parishioners. And we thought, finally, Hollywood is presenting a fair and compelling portrait of Christianity. And then the priest ended up being a vampire who sucked everyone's blood. I was deeply disappointed, but glad I watched the first few episodes because of one particular scene. A man and a woman who were boyfriend and girlfriend when they were younger talk about the afterlife. He goes first. He casts a purely scientific vision of life and death. We're all composed of atoms, and when we die, those atoms are absorbed back into the earth. She is a Christian, single, and has just lost a child. After listening to her former boyfriend, she shares many profound insights about life after death, but two in particular stand out. When we die, we are not alone. And in death, we are in a community with God and others. It's a community freed from the limitations of space and time. Like Mary in today's gospel story, many of us have our moments of doubt, of sorrow, of unfaithfulness, of failure. Yet in a world of unfaithfulness, of dissolution of commitments and relationships, of violations of trust, God's faithfulness to us endures. The resuscitation of Lazarus and the resurrection of Jesus embody God's promise that nothing can ultimately separate us from God. In the resurrection, we will experience communion with all those who have been separated from us by death. Our hope lies not in our own strength or perfection, but in God's faithfulness. Liberated from the fear of death, 
We are free to risk ourselves for others in a broken world. Today we remember and give thanks for all the followers of Jesus who have formed and inspired us. What will our legacy be? When others remember us, what will they say? Will they celebrate how we faithfully stewarded the precious gifts God gave to us, especially the good news of God's promises in Jesus? Will they recognize how generously we shared those gifts with a hurting world? In the silence that follows, I want you to think about one thing you fear or are anxious about. How might God speak into that fear or anxiety? Let us pray together one last time. I invite your prayers for friends, family, and those who are alone. I invite your prayers for countries, places, and people you're concerned about. I invite your prayers for those who are ill and suffering. I invite you to pray for this fragile earth, our island home. I invite your thanksgivings. I invite you to pray for those who have died. Merciful God, you look with compassion on all who turn to you. Hear the prayers of your people and help us trust in your love and care for us and the world you love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May God give you grace to follow his saints in faith and hope and love. And the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.